All right, and welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome. My name is Adam Penna, and I'm here to continue the conversation in 3D printing and additive manufacturing. Today, I'm very happy to have Maddie Frank with us here. Maddie, welcome. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. You know, obviously, we've been talking a bit over the last couple of few months and everything that's been going on. You're also a big part of the Type Conference recently on the youth track, and you were the moderator for that. And it was a very successful track, I know. And it was also something that came in at the end of the planning there and ended up being mm-hmm. one of the highlights of the event. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, but also talk to you, your recent graduate. Recent graduate from I am. Wisconsin University up there. So, and also you've been an intern extraordinaire, which is, you know, you've had some great, great internships, including mm-hmm. working with the infamous Jason Lopes. And uh, so, yep. yeah, tell us a little bit about that leading up to, you know, where you are now and, and what's your journey coming into additive manufacturing? Ooh. That's great. You know, there's a lot of topics you just outlined in there. There is, there is. I'm going to start at the, you know, the most recent, you know, beginning of mine, which was graduation. So I graduated from the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee this past December 2020 with a degree in electrical engineering, which I'm really proud of. You know, every semester leading up to graduation, I was like, this is it. This is semester. I'm going to flunk out. But I didn't. And I graduated, which was great and super fun. But, you know, over the course of my education in electrical engineering. In fact, my freshman year back in 2015, I first was introduced to industrial additive manufacturing and I immediately fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the coolest thing ever. It's magic. I can take what I have in my mind, all these, you know, imagination, imaginary prototypes that I have and make these intangible things tangible within a couple of hours. And I was like, Mm, holy crap, this is so cool. Yeah. I was just like amazed. And so that led me into, you know, the journey of additive manufacturing and where you've mentioned, Adam, that I had a lot of internships. I don't remember the exact number, but it's it's been a lot. I've, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's impressive. Been a lot. All, exactly. All great at, internships. So yeah, congratulations. And, you know, it's been really great because internships, you know, I don't think people give them enough credit. Like when you have a good internship and you're actually doing stuff, you're pretty much treated like a full-time employee. Right. So I had internships at places like starting at UWM's Innovation Accelerator, which is our job shop. Yeah. I worked there, moved over to Divergent 3D, where I got some hands-on stuff with metal machines. And I also got to do a lot of the scanning for the first ever Hyperloop One pod, which was really cool. Probably the coolest project I worked on. Yeah. Yeah. So that was with a Creeform MetroScan. And then I moved uh, over to... It's one of my old companies, Creeform. Oh, wow. yeah, you did? Yeah, okay, yes. I love their scanners. First North American I, I, salesman really? for the scanners. Yep, yep. Ah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, I love Creeform. I've worked with Farrell for a while. and Farrell's my company. Almost a decade at Farrell. And then I went over to Creeform okay. after that. So wow. that's, that's Ooh, my background. Both teams. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, metrology. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. Yeah, metrology <laughs> is super cool. I really enjoy metrology. But so I moved to... I don't want to bore you with all my stuff. But then I did oh, some stints at Carbon for two summers. Worked at JW Speaker. Worked at BD. Um, yeah, there's a oh. couple. Foxconn, I worked at Foxconn for a little bit. So I kind of got a big smattering of a lot of different lot of different operations, which allowed me to kind of see the full range of manufacturing capabilities from electronics to additive to more of like the metrology and large scale manufacturing. So it's been really cool. Yeah. There's, there's that Mm -hmm. multidisciplinary side of it that uh, when Mm -hmm. you get to see that many different, you know, ways of getting into manufacturing, it's a good thing because a lot of it is siloed, you know, and and Mm -hmm. as we open up and and get uh, more virtual here, my gosh, you got to pull from as many uh, 
tools as you can. So that's a lot of great knowledge, especially mm-hmm. just graduating at the end of 2020. And here we are in 2021. A lot of great things happen out, out there. But at the beginning of the year, we had we the did. Type Conference, which was technology, industry, people, and economics. And of course, put on by the women in 3D printing. And mm-hmm. uh, you being a part of that, starting that uh, the youth track over there yes. and moderating. So I was able to sit in, in a couple of those. And uh, <laughs> so what was your experience with that? And, and gosh, it happened so quick. How about this? Tell yeah. us a bit about that. That planning, because that planning there had to be, you know, on the spot, something that was done very agile, even in the planning Mm -hmm. for the event. So how did that go? So what's really interesting about the type conference is what happened was it was, you're right. It was originally technology and industry people economics. So that was the original four like tracks for type. But what happened was that type got so many submissions from so many wonderful women across the world who wanted to be a part of this conference and speak on some really interesting topics that they decided to add an extra track, which was the youth track. So I got tacked on at the end, maybe around October-ish, I would say somewhere around October, November. And so... Basically, we met, you know, every week to discuss who would be a good speaker, who seemed a little bit more salesy, who had some really interesting topics to decide who's going to be in each track. And then also, you know, coordinating with everyone who's going to be where and making sure every single speaker was alerted and you, you had that, you know, personal connection. So they felt like they could come to you with questions. It was a lot of work and. I was, it was, I'm just a piece of the puzzle, you know, like Nora, Christine from Make Lab, Janet Carr, of course, and all the other track leaders. Like it was a huge thing that we all put together, especially the digital ambassadors as well. So it was a really big project to get it to where it was. And I mean, if you've been to it, you know, it was pretty successful. There was a lot of good content, a lot of good people there working too. So type was really, really exceed, type exceeded my expectations. Let's just put that way for it, what a digital conference could be. And I'm so, so glad I could have been a part of it. Yeah. Wow. You know, I Mm -hmm. I actually had the privilege of of learning about that uh, earlier in the year and then seeing that all come to fruition. It's of course, it was going from an in-person at first planning to that virtual event, but there was enough time Mm -hmm. and it really uh, gives a, a good insight to that organization, the women in 3D printing, as far as the planning that went into it and the amount of energy that went into doing it virtually. You know, there was a, I was uh, sat in a few of those meetings and I is, is just overwhelmed with the amount of, uh, you know, help, input, volunteers mm-hmm. that step up and actually do things. Uh, so it's a good example of what you can do when you put your mind to it uh, in exactly. a short amount of time and you have a team to do it with. That was, it was exactly. just very exciting event. Still, you can go back and watch a lot of those uh, presentations and see what happened. It was mm-hmm. a really good time. So yeah, uh, something enjoyable at the beginning of the year. And now moving forward into 2021, there's a lot more to look forward to. But going back real quick, part of your your internship and everything else, you were also looking into what happened in 2019 with AMUG. In regards to the Additive Manufacturing User Group, you actually were a, a part of the technical competition for the advanced finishing over there. You were the winner of that, correct? Yeah, actually, it was, well, I won, but it was a tie with Bill Braun, who did a really cool Master Chief statue as well. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So what was the, the it was a, a cello, right? That's it what, was. And how it was a full size cello. And was it playable? Is it? Uh... Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, one of the things I, I'm passionate about is cello. And I've been playing cello since I was in about fourth grade. I don't awesome. know how many years that is. You can do the math. But, <laughs> you know, I was at AMUG. Probably it was my first AMUG. It was like AMUG 2017 or 2016. I can't remember which one. I, th- I think it was 2017. Anyways, yeah. yeah, it was one of them. And so I was at a table. I was talking about, you know, how I 3D or how I 
play the cello and someone said, you know, you should 3D print a cello. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, do you know how long that would take just to scan the cello or do up the CAD? And I only had access to a Forest 400 or any sort of like, you know, little maker bots or whatever at school. And so I was like, no, like this isn't going to work. But you know, the thing about like good ideas they pretty much always initially seem like the worst ideas ever and then they're planted and then you let them seed and germinate for a bit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to do that. I got to do it or I'm going to regret it. So, you know, in 2019, I went on this journey to combine my passion for music, but also with my passion for additive manufacturing. And I decided to 3D print cello. And, you oh, know, cool. yeah. yeah, it was really cool. It, it I ended up scanning my cello, you know, doing it some really interesting fixturing for that one putting together all the scans and was with a fair arm too. So like it was nice. a lot of, it was a lot of scan data. Cause I didn't have like a nice, like creative where I could put the stickers on or something. You did some leapfrogging know? in there. Did you? Oh, I did Maybe. some global remeshes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, nice. yeah just yeah. a little bit. Yep. You know, and you know, that took up a little bit of time, but you know, came up with that, cut the pieces part in NetFab because I didn't nice. have any magics yeah, well, and yeah. I crashed my laptop a couple of times, but it's fine. Went over to, uh, my shop that I used to work at at the Innovation Accelerator, and we had about three unopened canisters of Ultim 9085 that were expired by about three years. And so over winter break, my boss is like, you know, we're closed. So if you want to take over the Fortis and you can use this material for free. And I was like, oh yeah, like, hell yeah, we're good. Nice. Yeah. So six and a half days of straight printing later. And also I had a live feed so I could see exactly what was going on in case it way failed. Way cool. Yeah. yeah now, way- what, real quick, you, yeah. you said that did they give you a material? What was the material you used for that? It was Alta 9085. Okay, yes, 9085. Exactly. Gotcha. Awesome. So, so I used that and came out with the cello. And honestly, if I could have done an ABS, that would have been great. I mean, the Alta 9085 was pure by circumstance only. A lot of people think it's because I wanted that structural integrity of the, you know, really hard material or really rigid material, but that's not true. Um, the only reason why was because it was free. And honestly, if I had ABS, it would have been better because I had to adhere, use structural adhesive. Mm. And Alta right. 985 doesn't like to bond to a lot of different, a lot of epoxies that are strong enough to keep, you know, the cello with the strings from collapsing on itself, right? So if I bonded two, you know, flat, flat seams together and you had enough force, you could theoretically snap it like that, right? So you have to have a really strong epoxy or structural adhesive. And we actually did like some cool like layup with PLA mesh. So I printed a really thin PLA mesh and just put it on the back, almost like a carbon fiber layup or a paper nice. mache to give it some extra structure. Yeah. And, you know, I can't take all the credit for that. I had a really great team of people that helped me out from machining different parts of the cello to make sure that the circles were concentric to helping me figure out, like, I did a lot of the work, but, you know, I had, I made friends with the guys at Napa Auto Body who taught me how to, you know, do some like serious, like Bondo for the curvature, you know, like Bondo is the hot rods. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it was Evercold Ultra, you know, because the Bondo's, sure, sure. Anyway, (laughs) so it was like really fun, did that. And then one of my great friends, Timo Merriweather, he actually has a studio down in the third ward of Milwaukee. Highly recommend you check him out. I'll give Adam, I'll give yeah, you the Definitely link. put it in the description here too. So oh yeah, for a plug. He's fantastic. And he did a whole series of self-portraits and acrylics and like gilded metal of some of the most amazing musicians of our time. Wow. And he has this, yeah, so like Mick Jagger, he had one, the Doors guy, Morrison. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison thank you. And then also... um Jimi Hendrix and Frank Zappa. And there's this big purple rain or purple haze, Jimi Hendrix painting. And it inspired me to do the cello in this cool, like purple and 
and nice. gold Purple is one look. of my favorite colors. Huh? Exactly. Awesome. There you yeah. go. And so Timo was really great in helping me learn how to gild and do all of the acrylics as well. So we worked in a studio and listened to some great music from like really weird, obscure, like people like Fat White Family or Deer Hoof, if you know any of those. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun. It was a great project. I killed myself. Like I got like five and a half hours of sleep for three months and like I didn't leave the shop until maybe two in the morning. Passion. But, you know, beautiful. Passion. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, focus. It we got it. It, it was great. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Real quick on that. I want to ask because yeah. obviously, you know, people build things, but mm-hmm. they don't know what you know, 3D printing opposed to like a, a normal cello. You've played cello your whole mm-hmm. life. So how did this play comparably? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And so the plastic cello that I made, the Alta 98 5 3D printed one, it sounds like a really cheap student cello. It's a little more mm, high pitched in terms of the tone, even Mm. if it is in tune. And it's very heavy. It's like 80 something pounds. And a typical cello is probably around 10. I've never weighed mine, but it's very, very heavy. And so that's probably one of the reasons of how it plays a little differently. And also I'm not a cellist. So actually the angle of the fingerboard, which is that black piece that runs mm-hmm. down the front of the cello, that's a little bit lower. It should be angled higher up, but just because of the circumstances of it being 3d printed and me not being a cello maker, it is what it is, but you know, it plays, you can play comfortably up until fourth position, even though it's not like the most nice sounding cello. Is is uh, a peak material still the best material for something like that? Because it's closest to like the wood resonance you would get inside of a normal instrument or... I have no idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I was yeah. just working on making sure that the cello was, you know, a, could be a full-on acoustic cello. I did electrify it to make it sound oh, a little louder when yeah, yeah. I was at Amug, so I just added a pickup. But in terms of like materials, I think it'd be really cool to do some interesting... If I was going to redo a 3D printed cello project and I had like partners in it, I would definitely like look at the acoustics inside the cello and how it resonates based on the shape, but also seeing if I could add some texture within the cello and do something really interesting or some sort of, you know, um, topology optimized insides of the cello and see if that could do something really interesting for it too. Because I mean, like a lot of the things that are like, you know, been created for hundreds of years in typical manufacturing ways that's how we think it it should be done right like instruments are a great great thought about this you know um surf fins they've only been done in one certain way anything really that you can think of you know that has been manufactured traditionally traditionally for a while and has been continued in the tradition of being manufactured subtractively could be remade in a really interesting way with additive manufacturing but we just don't have like the widespread use of additive to the point where people are starting to play with these creative things. So I think there's a huge opportunity for doing some cool things with 3D printed instruments or anything else that has been traditionally manufactured for many, 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 many years. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the the biggest point right now inside of 3D printing when you're looking at additive manufacturing mm-hmm. and that key word being manufacturing there, right? I yes. mean, when, when you get to the manufacturing point, that just implies so much more than exactly. normal 3D printing would. Usually boils down to the quality and repeatability mm-hmm. coming from a bit of understanding also the metrology side where that comes in. That's oh, yeah. a huge part of it. And, I, and we've talked about this before, but having that multidisciplinary you know, view of the world and being able to come into it, even from the artistic side, Mm -hmm. uh, it it just lends so much to what you can do. But now we're all in that crux of finding the applications. Mm -hmm. Okay. You think that's cool. It could be 3d printed, but when you want to look at what could be manufactured, 
what what else can you do now that you actually found something you want to print? Can you mm-hmm. apply all the other attributes that are actually maybe light weighting or finding mm-hmm. the better material or what have you that that's out there for improving what you can do inside of additive manufacturing and make mm-hmm. it repeatable? That's the challenge. So going out there and finding those applications, everybody's doing it right now. We need more yeah. of it because it's going to obviously grow and it's it's mm-hmm. just starting. To, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Let's talk about that. I mean, learning and melding all the different disciplines. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you see as maybe some of the challenges out there is educating people and understanding what that actually takes? For sure. So you kind of brought up a good point before. And, and let me know if this sure. doesn't answer your question. No, but you brought okay. up a good point before with the applications, you know, finding the applications for out of manufacturing. Most people are in this industry have some really like varied, interesting career path where they never started out and added, you know, maybe they were a musician, maybe they were some sort of salesperson for like craft or something like that, you know, but we all find our way into this industry. And I find that a lot of the most interesting applications come from those varied and diverse interests that people have or the different backgrounds people have to the point where they can say, oh, from my previous experience, you know, and now from my experience today with additive manufacturing, I can see where a great application for additive would be, you know, maybe something in my old industry that I was in. And to your point about that, you know, that ability to kind of cross train your brain in multiple disciplines that have no relation to each other. I think that's a very, very, very powerful thing to do, right? You know, out of manufacturing in music don't necessarily have that overlap overlap you can see with my mic now overlap that we used to have before that people initially think but really when you put your mind to it there's a thousands of different combinations doing those together and this isolated you know oreo and milk kind of situation you know i think that really the only way that we can bring out of manufacturing to the mainstream of the manufacturing industry is by being able to think about additive in different respects and in different ways. And that really includes making your mind more plastic by changing all the different ways you think about things through different studies and different hobbies, whether it's learning a language, whether it's learning how to bake, learning how to sing, or even just like exploring math or something. It doesn't even matter. But as long as you have that ability to go out and find different things, the combinations that will result are insane. And also helps with the problem solving too on the job. You know, one of my favorite things is just thinking about stories where people were like, no one had people, for example, one of my mentors gave me the story where they were trying to solve this problem of an accordion fold and they couldn't figure out how to make this accordion fold work. Okay. It was an interesting geometry and they had a team of like 12 people that were all specialty specialists in making these patterns work to get this accordion fold, right? No one could figure out how to make it work. And some guy was just walking past on their meeting and took a look and he was a specialist in a completely another field. And he looks at it and he's like, Oh, have you just tried doing, you know, X, Y, Z? And all of a sudden people are like, are you serious? Like that works. How do we not see this before? And it was all because mm-hmm. he had that, you know, thought process, that training in a separate discipline and could apply it to something new. And yeah. so that just being able to solve problems that result of circumstances yeah, you're defining that mm-hmm. and thinking outside the box, yeah, you know, different and, perspectives. And, but it's huge, you know, and you're talking, I, I've actually heard that before in a conversation just about, you know, being in a team and people get siloed, mm-hmm. you know, they get to thinking yes. the way they do the processes consistently and, and mm-hmm. you're, you're just locked in, locked in, locked in and you come across something that's outside of that and it causes a bottleneck, you know, mm-hmm. and the ability as a group to listen to the right information w- when it comes about 
is a quality that's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to teach, but once you get affected mm-hmm. by it because you're not listening, <laughs> then yeah. you know, okay, like hearing stories like that, you got to be open to stuff coming from outside. Exactly. And, and you not know, get distracted of- at the same time. There's a, there's a fine <laughs> balance in there too. But, uh, exactly. You know, exactly. There human. is a fine balance. There yeah. is. And the silo part, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, so surrounded by farms. Yeah. And every time someone says silo, I get the mental image you of see like it. a silo. Yeah, yeah. I see it. Great and I think silos. to myself, yeah, exactly. Grain silos. And I think yeah. to myself, you know, there's only so much that happens, you know, you can, you can climb that silo. You can go to the top as, as much as you can, but at a certain point you reach a roof and you can't exceed that roof. So what do you do? There's that like little window at the top of silos usually. And so you either have, you know, some sort of grain elevator, but I'm going to go with a human because like I'm climbing the grain, the silo, right? You have to find some way to get out of that. You have to find some way to get out of the top of that silo and move to someplace else so you can keep going vertical. And so you need to be able to get out of the silo on many occasions. Specialty, like being specialized is really, really, really impressive and important, but it's not, you know, you need to be able to get out of it when you have to. Yeah. Remaining teachable, learning mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, you know, just in, uh, something like this, even, uh, yeah. you know, starting from the pandemic, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, doing podcasts before that. And now I find oh, yeah. myself doing video interviews and podcasts so much you're more. Like the golden child. Yeah. You're hey, the poster child for this. It, there you go. It, there you go. It's pretty funny, but you know, and on that same note, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, I've been doing these for a while and, uh, you know, I'm learning from other people doing them also. So trying to expand yeah. things. We've talked about this before. And coming up, you know, I'm looking into having guest hosts on the show that yeah. actually interview other people. So I uh, wanted to bring that up a little bit because I invited you to be the first guest on All Digital Additive Manufacturing to uh, actually host someone. And so mm-hmm. we're going to be doing that pretty soon here and excited about it. So uh, thank you for uh, accepting to do that. Looking forward to doing many more mm-hmm. with different hosts on the show. But uh, appreciate you being the first person to say yes and to get into this. And, oh, uh, yeah. I'm, now, you want to talk a little bit about our first guest? I'll let you maybe unfold what that's going to be about. For sure. So our first guest that I will be interviewing is Anouk Whipperich. She is basically a fashion tech expert. And so she combines her passion for fashion with additive manufacturing and electrical engineering concepts. Right. So if you were a part of the type conference, you probably saw her keynote. I believe it was on the first day, first or second day we had her keynote. And she was absolutely amazing. One of the things she's most known for is her spider dress, which yes. actually reacts to people that are in six to 10 feet distance of the warehouse. Right. So if you're farther away, the spider dress is passive, but the closer you get, the spider dress actually unfurls its legs and talents and gets into more of an attack mode, you know, like give me my personal space. And so she does some really interesting things combining technology with more of the human elements that is so often left out in tech like that we see in technology today right like you get your usability but it doesn't bring in that emotional connection and so anook is really really cool and i'm hoping that we can do some great interviews if you google her name you'll see a lot of different stuff from her mainly revolving around her work so i'm really hoping to dig in closer to you know what brought us to the woman that she is today and how did she evolve from you know this youngster that was playing with watching fashion shows and playing with adrenos well not at that point in her life because they were invented but playing with different boards and electrical engineering concepts in the countryside of 
Amsterdam. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's going to be no, a it's really be exciting. Oh my gosh. It's going to be great. And you're so, I'm so excited to have mm-hmm. you doing that and, and speaking with her because obviously with your background, the electrical side and the mechanical yeah. engineering side, it's going to mm-hmm. be a good combination to dig in, to learn a lot mm-hmm. about how she's been doing it and uh, looking forward to that. So tune in for that one also, but thanks for being here, Maddie, and looking well, forward thank you to so much. your interview with Anouk and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and build our community, take action and press follow, subscribe, comment below, or please leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penner signing off. See you soon.